this month is National Stroke Awareness Month, a time to increase awareness of the impact of stroke and spasticity, a condition that affects about 25 to 43% of stroke patients in the first year after a stroke. If left untreated, the condition can progress and worsen over time. It may cause certain muscles in the arms and legs to involuntarily contract and tense up. This is Physicians Weekly with Peter Hofflin. Living with spasticity can make simple movements and tasks difficult or nearly impossible. And that can be simple tasks, including buttoning a shirt or brushing teeth or even walking without help. Approximately 1.8 million Americans live with this condition. Patients and their caregivers may have tried to find treatment options, but may have not found one that works for them. And in other cases, doctors treating patients may have questions about how to best treat the condition. And while spasticity is a distinct condition that may occur due to a stroke, a neurological or brain disorder or an injury to the brain or spinal cord may also cause the condition. I spoke with Dr. Monica Verdusco Gutierrez about spasticity. Dr. Gutierrez is Professor and Chair of Rehabilitation Medicine at the University of Texas Health in San Antonio, in San Antonio. This is Physicians Weekly, your trusted source for the latest news and information about health and medicine. Dr. Gutierrez, as a specialist in rehabilitation medicine, you are treating spasticity. So let me start with asking you, what is spasticity and who are at risk? So spasticity is a type of complication condition that some patients when they have central nervous system injuries can develop and it is an issue that occurs with the muscles that the muscles have mus- there's muscle overactivity so for example it's stroke month this month so patients who have a stroke there's a lesion in their brain, the signals get thrown off and there's actually kind of more, the balance is thrown off with the activity of muscles. More signals are being sent to muscles and the muscles overact. And so then they're tighter or they're spasmed and the movement isn't as normal as you would expect before because of the muscle tone is increased. And that is spasticity. And so again, the patients who are at risk are at ones who have disease of their central nervous system, most commonly stroke, brain injury, spinal cord injury, cerebral palsy, multiple sclerosis. Now, these are common causes, but what about the symptoms? I understand that some of the symptoms may make simple tasks like shaking hands or brushing one's teeth more difficult, but there are more symptoms. And these symptoms may impact a patient's health-related quality of life. Can you tell me something about this? Maybe something that people need to know or be aware of? Right. So I'd like to, you know, first say every patient's an individual and you have to really listen to them and what their goals are and how it affects their function and their quality of life. And so, you know, there's some people they'll definitely get, they'll feel muscle pains, and muscle stiffness and tightness. And so that is definitely one of the conditions, part of the condition, the muscles, the tightness and the stiffness. And then that can cause abnormal movements because if you are, if your leg is stiff and you can't bend it, you need to be able to, you know, bend your ankle up to walk. You need to be able to bend your knee normally. So it can cause complications with people's gait. Um, Again, the, 
the it can cause pain and discomfort with you know, one of the patients was describing it as having a Charlie horse in their leg all the time. And as you can imagine, you know, getting cramps, getting Charlie horses can be painful for people. And then that's also Charlie horse, kind of that muscle spasm. So they can get muscle spasms, twitches, their muscles can, what we say, fire at the wrong time. And that means, you know, they may um, contract when you don't want them to contract or when you're trying to move your muscle and your arm in a certain way, and the opposite muscle is pulling rather than the one that you want to pull. And so those are some um, of the tests. So then it might make it hard for someone to straighten their arm out to grab something, or if they grab something, they can't let it go because their hands, the spasticity in their hands makes it difficult to let go of something. And then, of course, then there's the pain as well. Now, when left untreated, symptoms can progress and worsen over time. Can you tell me what long-term complications are if patients are not treated correctly? So definitely some of the long-term conditions that we could expect to see. So probably one of the worst things is that, you know, it gets so tight that it gets contracted. And that means then it's fixed that way and it can't move at all. And so we don't want that complication where it's fixed in an abnormal position, like let's say in a fist that's closed tight and then you can't even open someone's hand or clean their hand. Your The hand can break down, the skin can break down. The same thing can happen at another body part, at the ankle, at the knee. And so that is going to cause the patient to be able, unable to progress in their recovery after having a stroke or a brain injury or a spinal cord injury if they're contracted. I understand that spasticity is separate from a patient's primary condition and it requires specialty care that is not necessarily part of a patient's standard recovery plan. In some cases, doctors treating the primary conditions may not be aware of it. Can you tell me a bit more about this? Right. So first, you're exactly right. A lot of times the spasticity doesn't develop right away. And when a patient has had a stroke or a brain injury initially, everyone's kind of focusing on let's treat the stroke. But the spasticity may not actually develop for another month. And by that time, you know, their lives have been saved and, you know, they've gotten the clot busting drug or whatever it might be. And then people don't think about this as being part of their standard recovery plan, like you said. And this is something that does require specialty care. And there are uh, physicians either, whether it be physical medicine and rehabilitation specialists, neurorehabilitation specialists, you know, physicians that focus on long-term care of stroke patients that can treat spasticity in a multimodal way. And so this is something that's very important. Yesterday I had a patient in clinic and the family member said, I didn't even know about spasticity or that a spasticity could develop. You know, I knew, oh, it looks like he's having a stroke, call 911, but I didn't know this was a long-term consequence. And I'm glad that we're seeing you now. This is Physicians Weekly. Let's talk a little bit more about treatment options. As a doctor, you have a number of treatment options. What are some of the important aspects you consider as part of a treatment plan? What are the options to treat the condition? Okay. So again, I always say like every patient is individual and we have to look into the patient. Uh, you know, is there spasticity 
more mild? Do they have a more severe spasticity? And so then in each case, the treatment regimen would be different. And then you also have to look at what is the health of the patient? Are they able to tolerate some of the treatments? And, you know, what is the chronicity of the time that they've had? You know, has it been a stroke that they just had a month ago and their spasticity is new? Is it something that they had five years ago and they have longer-term issues with muscle spasticity? So, again, treating everyone as an individual. And in treating the patients as an individual, there are many options, right? So I say, okay, the first thing, first things first is, you know, the, the physical exercise and the stretching. In this case, you know, exercise is medicine and it's not one that you put in your mouth, but one that you have to do to your body. So you want to do stretching of the muscles to maintain the muscles being long, to preserve the range of motion and keep the muscle from getting shortened or contracted like we talked about. Sometimes also we use braces, so um, or orthotics as we call them. And Patients may need orthotics to help them walk, or they may need an orthotic in their hand to keep it in the proper position to keep it from the muscle shortening and getting contracted. Some patients will need oral medications, and there's a lot of oral medications that are used. One thing, I'm not a big oral medication fan because they make the patient drowsy. They usually... And I don't want a patient who's had a stroke or a brain injury to be sleepy. I want them to be awake, alert, and participating in in their day and in therapy. There is baclofen medication that can be given via a delivery system that puts it into the intrathecal space, and that helps minimize any kind of side effects that oral medications might have. But again, it's a procedure because you have to have a surgery to get a pump placed. And then we do have injectable medications. So those are Medications like botulinum neurotoxins that are put into muscles, the specific spastic muscles to help those, the spasticity in that muscle. And it helps relax the muscle that's overactive and have the patient get more range of motion and mobility in that muscle group. Now, to conclude, what do physicians who may not necessarily see many patients with spasticity need to consider when one of their patients is diagnosed with a condition? But also, where can patients and their caregivers find more information? So one thing I for physicians who are not physiatrists is that know that spasticity is a separate condition that is not contracture. And not every time that you see a contracture, it's only shortened muscles, there still may be underlying spasticity that can be treated. And so please look to get the spasticity treated because we have many options to treat the patient and to help improve their quality of life and possibly their mobility and their independence. And so I really urge both physicians and family members to get their family treated for spasticity. And there is uh, information, a website for families and patients and caregivers that's called www.donttakespasticity.com, and they can get more information there and also to find a doctor who specializes in spasticity. Dr. Monica Fordusco Gutierrez is professor and chair of rehabilitation medicine at University of Texas Health San Antonio in San Antonio. Dr. Gutierrez, thank you for joining us today. 
Thank you. For more information about spasticity or to find a doctor who is experienced in treating the condition, go to the website www.donttakespasticity.com. Physicians Weekly contains health and medicine-related information and is provided for educational and entertainment purposes only. The content in this program is not intended as a substitute for professional medical or health advice and does not replace your doctor's advice and guidance. Your doctor is the best person to answer questions about your personal health. If you hear something in this program that doesn't agree with what your doctor has told you, ask him or her about it. This is Physicians Weekly. 